0: Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 2 As we worship with our offering We will let our children, ages 3 through 3rd grade Go to junior worship this morning uh, A couple of things before we get started I don't know where to start our, our missionary, Nathan Holland Who serves in Namibia and is on his way to Angola He and Moyo, his wife from Zambia are here in the States Working, working on getting her naturalization Which will then allow her to legally get into uh, Angola and live there and serve there. Well, they're in the country. She's in Washington right now working on those details. Nathan is coming in tomorrow night. He's going to be with us for six weeks. Not sure how Anoya is going to get here, but she might with, with the two little girls as well. Um... If you'd like to get with Nathan, we'd love for you to just talk to Eric or, and Gina Poole and they would schedule a time. He would love to see you. We've asked Nathan to start this Wednesday on Wednesday night classes. He's going to be teaching our adult class. And listen, we have something really awesome on Wednesday nights. It's a beautiful fellowship. We'd encourage you to come. You'll get to know Nathan and has, has a really tremendous topic. Um, and if you, you really want to step out and do something awesome, tomorrow night his plane gets in at 11 p.m in Denver and we would just be tickled to death if somebody would go pick him up he uh, he asked um, that we get somebody there so if you would be that somebody please let Eric or Gina or me know that would be absolutely awesome this is not in my sermon time but I, I have to say this I'm so proud of this church every day for so many things you should have seen church in the hospital yesterday with, um, with Betty Camp. So many of you were there. And we were singing this song this morning. King of my heart. You are good. And, and Betty is, was. We weren't sure if she was going to make it yesterday. Her kidneys shut down. And um, very non-responsive. Very uh, under sedation. And, and we went back there. Karen and I did. And we whispered her name. Her eyes opened. And Karen began to sing this song. King of my heart. And she reached out. And she grabbed Karen's hand. It was It was beautiful beautiful worship. Um, Tom is there and he needs your prayers. So if, if, if you, I hope you pay attention. If you've been paying attention this morning, if you've been paying attention to the first two lessons in this series, you may be going, wait a minute, didn't we do Acts chapter two already? Didn't you do it twice already? Well, if you're thinking that, you're right. So let me explain. We are in this series, which I've entitled... Not so mere Christianity. And we're looking in Acts chapter 2 at what I believe to be a, a concise, condensed... It's, it's the core of our faith. It's the core message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so on the one hand, you might call it mere Christianity. On the other hand, you'd say, oh, it's not so mere at all because it's incredibly powerful to, to bring faith and to bring transformational change in people's lives. And, and the purpose of this series, it's really twofold... It has many purposes, but primarily to inspire us and to equip us to our mission, to make disciples of all nations. That's a fancy word of saying, of being instruments of God, to help people who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior to come to a place of knowing Him as Lord and Savior. And you may be going, Eddie, isn't this a little bit dragged out? Aren't you just spending too much time on this? I don't think so. I am convinced that this is very much needed in our church family right now for it's my observation that that Christian evangelism and outreach is too much a missing component in the life of our church family and its individuals. I believe we need this. We need to camp here for a while. And so in the second half of, of, of Acts chapter 2, this is the core message of the gospel. And that's where we're headed next week. But today, for the third time, we're going to look back again at this passage in the first half of, of, of Acts chapter 2. And you basically find, I don't know a good word for it, these components. Or maybe we could call them, since I'm talking about setting the stage, these these props. Which help set the stage for an incredible story. No, it's not a story. A, tr- a true story of God impacting like some 3,000 people said I want to follow him and they were baptized into Christ and so you see before this message is given you see what happened to to set the stage for this and there's three props like you call them that that we looked at already two, two already not so mere prayers that was our first lesson not so mere meetings that was I think last week and today, now, we go back to this same passage. I want us to notice what I'm calling not-so-mere words. Acts 2, 1-22. through I've read it twice in the past two Sundays, the whole thing. So I'm not going to do that again today. You can do that in your life groups. I just want to um, say, look at these verses which make this point. That's what I want to do this morning. So let me, let me kind of give you the setting, which kind of serves as a review. You have followers of Jesus have gathered together and they're, they're fervently praying. And in this setting of prayer, there's always an acts, always in the life of a Christian, when God's people are praying, the Holy Spirit descends upon these people. He empowers them and He fills them. And you see that manifested in, in a very real way through this mighty wind and the fire. These are not so mere prayers. It was not by coincidence then... But it was God's providence that these followers of Jesus were gathered together with all of these thousands of people in Jerusalem. God brought them together so that they could know and see and hear the message of the gospel. Those are not so mere meetings, a meeting. And so now this leads us in this third component, this third prop that that must be in place in order for us to be God's instruments. To experience what they experienced here, not so mere words. Let me show you. Chapter 2, verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began, just a simple phrase, I want you to see, they began to speak. Church, we need to begin to speak. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I love how it describes in verse 11, they were declaring the wonders of God. This wasn't a boring sermon. These are the wonders of God. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with 11. He raised his voice, church, we must speak out. We must raise our voices. And he addressed the crowd. Then skip down to verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to this. And as we'll see next week, they told the old, old story that we just think about. The life-changing message of the gospel Mere words which aren't so mere at all. So you shouldn't be going, well, what's he trying to say? This is what I'm trying to say right here. If God is going to use us as his instruments in carrying out his mission given to us of making disciples of all nations, we must speak. We must raise our voices. We must declare the wonders of God, the wonders of Jesus and his story, the gospel. And you might be going, well, well, duh. <laughs> maybe for you, um, maybe for you that's, that's, that is obvious. But for me, it's not so, well, duh. This is something I need to hear. This is something I need to be reminded of. This is something I personally need to be convicted of too often. This is the place where I stop in my, my outreach, which is odd given my, my occupation. I, I follow these steps. I pray and I seek God and I go out and, and God, I know He, like we talked about last week, He brings people into my path and I meet them and I'm personable. And so we talk and we discuss about all kinds of things. And if they need me to move them from this house to this house, I'm there. If they need me to tow their truck or repair something, whatever their needs are, I'm there. But so often, too often, I, I, I stop at the point of saying, let me tell you what's driving me. Let me tell you about Jesus and His story. That needs to change with me. What about you? So there's a popular saying, it's attributed to a guy, is, is saying, well, I... We're all saints in Christ. So not just one guy. If you're a Christian, you're a saint. So I'm just going to call him Francis of Assisi. He was a theologian and teacher of the Bible from the 12th century. And it's thought that he said this. We're not certain, but probably he did. But it's a good thing to say here. He said, preach the gospel always. Use words if necessary. Hmm. I understand and I agree with the point. In that we need to back up what we say with how we live. I get that. And if how I live doesn't agree with what what I say, then I'm just an utter hypocrite. But words are necessary. Words are necessary. Words communicated in some way, in some form, are necessary. Notice this with me. It's in verse 21. So this whole gathering that God has orchestrated... It was for the purpose of God's people, followers of Jesus, introducing those who don't know Jesus as Lord, introducing him and helping bring them to faith. And so in, uh, for the purpose of being saved. So in that context, we read in chapter 2 verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that's a quote. Remember we talked about that last week. That's a quote from the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. Peter is quoting. Well that is also quoted by the apostle Paul. And I want you to notice this with me. Um, In your life groups I've suggested perhaps this is a place to go to too. Chapter 10 in Romans chapter 10 in verse 9. We say the exact same quote. This time the Holy Spirit speaking it through Paul to write. Verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then keep reading and it makes a really Important points. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Preach the gospel always, use words when necessary. Words are necessary. And these words are the words of Jesus Christ, the message of the gospel. The gospel, the, in, in the book of Romans, he actually describes what we're going to look at next week. He uses the word that we use for dynamite this is explosive. This is this is powerful to create faith and to to create life changing individuals. If we will only speak these words, and so, so if this is such a, a well well duh point, if we well, of course Eddie, why are you telling us what we know? Then why is it so missing in our lives? And you may say maybe it's not missing in your life. Then great. You just listen to me preach to myself, perhaps, because I struggle with this part of it. I know that's strange, me being a preacher. Earlier, I stated that it's my observation that Christian outreach and evangelism is too much of a missing component in the life of our church and its families and, and its individuals. And when I said that, you might be going, What are you talking about? We got outreach. I mean, it's incredible all over the place. Mercy's Gate, we're there feeding the people. We've, we have spent how many years in Acacia Park working with the homeless and, and in Marion House feeding people there? And we've got ministries in different parts of the world caring for the poor and caring for orphans and, and medical missions, outreach for the homeless and children in, in, in foster care. We have a lot of incredible outreach. But I, I want to ask you as a person, not us as a church. In, in, in your outreach, do you accompany your outreach with speaking to them the story of Jesus? The saving message of the gospel. Is that part of it for you? You see, it was for Jesus. When Jesus was here on this earth, man, he was all about feeding people. He was all about hugging and loving the, the homeless, the helpless, the hurting and the hungry he, that was a huge part of it. But he always accompanied his, I call that social outreach. His physical meeting, physical needs. He always accompanied it with speaking the powerful message of, of the kingdom of God. Now, there's a chance I'm going to be misunderstood here. And so, I, I want to say this because we, I, I'm not criticizing our outreach. I don't mean that. Or accusing, y'all are doing it wrong. I don't mean that at all. I am incredible yesterday i was so proud of this church again we were unloading loading the container up i didn't count but there must have been 80 to 100 people and we got this incredible stuff on its way to zambia to poor people there and to care for the the orphans there so so i'm not criticizing or accusing us of of i'm not doing it correctly i just want to ask you as a person all right as i ask me here's the question i, I kind of asked it already let me rephrase it in your caring outreach to others do you speak to others the saving story of Jesus Christ, or is that where your outreach stops and you hope someone else will pick it up from there later on because you don't have the courage to do it yourself? That's the struggle, (laughs) that's crazy, of this preacher. For me, going to Mercy's Gate, it's really easy to feed people. I love that. And if there's somebody in the community that needs me to repair their refrigerator, I will probably could do that. Or, or I love going to uh, uh, the Hope and Home and playing with the kids that are there. Or, or helping people move from point A to B. Those things, those things are awesome. Those things, they're hard work, but they're easier for me. Here's where it gets hard for me. Here's where I get personally intimidated and hesitant when it's time for me to do what Peter did and raise my voice and said, let me tell you what's driving me today let me tell you about Jesus Christ and his story and so because that's a challenge for me I've never outright said this maybe this will be the first time but I, I have these subconscious reasons or excuses that I hide behind that I allow to keep me from taking that step and say I need to tell you about Christ in my life Let me share you what those reasons are, those excuses. First of all, I I just think, well, I'm just gonna be a good example. And you're going like, Well, how do you how do you argue with that? We should all be a good example. But a good example without the words falls short of our mission. We can't assume that my next door neighbors are going to say, he's just such a nice guy. He's just so friendly. Jesus must be the son of God who, who died on the cross for my sins. He, we can't assume he figures that out because I'm so friendly and wave at him every time he steps out the door. I, I think I've, I, I, I've shared this with you before, but it's worthy of saying again, it's kind of like the fisherman and, and he's on his way home from fishing and someone says to him, did you catch any fish? And he says, no, but I influenced quite a few. You laugh again, thank you. Our goal, we're called fishers and men. We got to catch fish. And sure, our example must be there. But there has to be a hook on the end of the line. And that hook is the story of Jesus. It must be told. And I'm just guessing, if you're like me, there's many of us. You're pretty nice. You got a great example. And your colleagues, your classmates, your neighbors, um, people that you run into, they just think you're just wonderful. But do they know Why? Do they know about Jesus in your life? So that's, I get behind that one. I'm going to be a good example and they're going to figure it out. My other one is, and I kind of touched on this already, I'm going to, my part is going to, I'm going to devote myself to, that's why I told you this, social outreach. I'm going to care for people's physical needs. I'm going to feed people. I'm going to clothe people. I'm going to house, work with housing or do repair work in the community. Medical needs. I'm going to work with funding the the, 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 the poor. That's going to be my part. And that's, that's No work, okay? But let me go back to the, the story of the fisherman. So he's coming home and they said, well, did you catch any fish today? He said, no, but we fed 1,300 fish today. We're just dropping, it's like you're dropping the worms. And oh, we fed 1,300 fish today. We repaired the dam so their fishing place, their swimming place is going to be a lot better. Listen, we got in the swimming, we got in the, in the lake, we swam with those fish so that they'll know that we love them and they'll know that God loves them. We're reaching out. But if we love them, if we want God, we want them to know that God loves them, may they must know that God loves them so much they sent His Son to save them if we truly love them and care for them they must be told about Jesus we must speak church so there's another saying I don't know who who, uh, coined this phrase but it's worthy of repeating people don't know how much you care you've heard this people don't know how much you care people don't okay let me get it right people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care so the point is look if you're just talking and talking and talking and talking all about christianity but you don't show that you care for them like what do you do but you can you can use that as an excuse not to, not to speak to them at all People don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. But they need to know what we know. They need to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We were talking about this in the life group I was at last um, Sunday night. We walked into this theme of, the oh, they're stealing my sermon here. And we talked about Phil Cornwell. He used to be a member here um, Brilliant guy, brilliant mind. He worked out at the academy and he made this statement. He said, I would have never become a Christian if someone hadn't have spoken to me the story of Jesus. He said, that wouldn't have happened. And you might think, well, Phil, I think, I'm pretty sure he's got his PhD in either electrical or mechanical engineering. And he's at this very elite college somewhere in the Midwest. And you would just think that Phil could watch Eddie and Eddie's good nature and personable nature and see Eddie move Phil from here to here and see Eddie's such a nice guy that Phil would just connect with us and come to know Jesus. Phil says no somebody had to speak to me somebody had to tell me the story so the third excuse I hide behind is, and maybe you do this one well, I, I this is really I this one bad, I do, I don't want to be pushy, right I don't want to come across like this this religious fanatic Do you ever feel that way? When I say that, here's what I mean. I mean, I'm afraid. It's all about fear when I say that. It's not about, oh, I don't want to be too pushy. It's about, I'm afraid of what they're going to think about me. I'm afraid of what they're going to say to me. Or I'm afraid of being mocked and rejected. And you know how we address that fear? We have to accept it because it will happened it happened here in this story in acts chapter 2 these disciples are filled with the spirit and they are speaking and it says in verse 13 some however made fun of them And guess what happened next a follower of jesus christ peter stood up after being mocked and made fun of he raised his voice and he boldly addressed the crowd courage courage if indeed we're going to follow Jesus and follow him at his word and offer our lives to make disciples of other nations, we're going to be mocked, we're going to be hated, we're going to be made fun of, we're going to be called names. So what? Their eternal salvation is of greater importance than your perceived reputation among them. Someone says, Well, another excuse, and I can't hide behind this one because I'm doing what I do for a living here. Well I alright, I, I get it, Eddie. I know, I know I should speak, but I just don't know what to say. That's 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 Eddie's job. So we all have different roles and gifts in the body of Christ. That's true. But we're all called to share and speak the story of Jesus. Don't use me as an excuse not to do what you should be doing. It's, I thought about this, you know, it says in Scripture that some have the gift of enter- encouragement. It says that. And so I don't have that gift, so I'm going to come to church. I'm just going to sit over here because I don't have the gift. Fred has the gift. He can during meet and greet go talk to people. Well, no. So Fred may have the gift of encouragement. That doesn't mean I don't have a role in that. Some may have a greater gift in sharing the story of Jesus than you, but we all have a role in that. And it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like uh, you're standing in Baton Rouge, I could always use this illustration because we're right there on the Mississippi River. You're standing on the levee and someone's in the river drowning and there's a life preserver right there and you're sitting there going, I'm not a lifeguard. Hang on, let, let, me, let me go get Eddie. I've never done this before. So, so I'm going to give you three answers here. I, I, don't, I, just, I, 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 I just don't know what to say. I'm going to tell you three things to that, three responses. Number one, trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. He he promises that. Did you know that? Jesus said to his disciples, you guys, you're going to be in situations and you're like, what do I say now? And he says these words, Luke 12, don't worry about what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And so, Jesus was right No surprise dear. You're in the book of Acts chapter 2 and the disciples didn't get up and go, okay, we got to say something. Oh, what are we going to say? No, it says in chapter 2 in verse 4, all of them were filled with the Spirit and then began to speak. It's in that order. You get so filled with the Spirit I pray this every morning on Sunday mornings. I say, God, here's my body. I offer it to you as a living sacrifice. I give myself to you. Now, Lord, you fill me from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head to overflowing so much to the point that when my mouth opens, all of a sudden, you're speaking. That's what you see in the book of Acts. It's again and again and again. In chapter 4, in verse 31, they were all filled with the Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly really wasn't them it was god through them jesus says in john 7 in reference to being filled with the holy spirit he, he says streams of living water will flow from within so let's bring this back to mere prayer if this is what you do you just spend time in the presence of the spirit in prayer what does it say in colossians in it in colossians um fill yourself i think i wrote this down let, the, let his word dwell in you richly and you're spending so much time with God in his word and in prayer you're so filled up with God that when you're in this moment and God has brought someone in your life you open your mouth and all of a sudden you're going did I just say that? maybe not <laughs> maybe not I don't know what to say trust the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say secondly you do know what to say you have a story number two tell your story Every single one of us have a story. Here's my point. We're in Acts 2. You go back to chapter 1. As Jesus is preparing his followers for this mission of making disciples, he says this He's sending them out. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my seminary professors giving lectures throughout the world. No. He says, You will be my witnesses. And a witness, we're all witnesses. A witness is someone that has seen something, they've heard something, they've had, they've had a, a life experience. All of us have life experiences of Jesus. They're different. And that's what God is calling us to. He's not saying, go get your doctorate in theology and read your dissertation to everyone you meet. He's calling you to be a witness, to tell your story as it intersects with Jesus' story and telling how it's brought you to where you are today. We had this question that came up last week in the life group. Well, what if you meet someone... And they ask a question, you don't know what to say. What do you do then? They ask a question, you don't know what to say. Let, let me tell you an answer to that. That's to your advantage if you don't know what to say. And if, if they ask you a question, here's the answer you give if you don't know what to say. You say, I don't know what to say. All right? I'm learning, I'm in this journey. Here's where I am. Let me share with you what I've learned so far. And why don't you join me and learn with me. There's nothing that can get on someone's nerves more and turn somebody off than a know-it-all Christian who has all the answers. Listen, your humility, it'll make you approachable. I don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit does. Be led by Him. Secondly, tell your story. And thirdly, tell His story. That's where we're going next week. The simple, mere message of Christianity, of the gospel. We're going to look at the outline of the gospel story of Jesus beginning next week. That we can be equipped with it and we can be uh, able to share it with others. So I'm doing a close now with a homework assignment. I want to ask you to put into practice what we've learned so far. Take these, uh, these props as I call them. Could I call it and, and place them in the stage of your life? That God will work powerfully through you. Mere prayers. Devote yourself to prayer. Oh, let God fill you and empower you. That He may speak through you. Mere meetings. Go out each day with expectation that someone that crosses my path may not be by coincidence, but by God's providence. And in that moment, mere words. Open your mouth and begin to share your story as you're led by the Spirit. I I was listening to the radio yesterday and this guy said, Christians need to speak out! And he was talking about the news at the border, immigration... All this debate about transgender and LGBTQ stuff, 171 people in Brazil that just died. We've got more suicides here in this county than anywhere else in the nation. I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying that among teenagers. Hunger, hopelessness, and all the abortion debates gone crazy right now from New York and Virginia, and all this talk and these these mothers who are battling, what do I do? And these children who are experiencing this. All this, we talked about it, what, a couple of weeks ago, racial tension in our nation. What are we supposed to do about that, church? How are we supposed to respond? We can't be silent. We must raise our voices like Peter did. In this world of dark news, we have good news. We have the answer that the world is hungering for. I don't think necessarily, I don't think that we can... Start this week and change the laws of our nation. You may not be able to change this world overnight, but you can be God's instrument today and this week to change the life if you will only raise your voice in that moment as the Spirit leads you and tell them who Jesus is in your life. I want us to continue the prayer. we prayed the first two sermons. I want us to pray this prayer. And I prayed it this morning on my walk with Bella. I want to encourage you to do the same. Today we've learned, lead me to some soul today. Here it is. Teach me, Lord, just what to say. Let's stand and pray this together.